0: Let me do this. Every single person, every single student who is going back to college, starting college, next couple of weeks, would you go ahead and please stand? We'd like to pray for you guys uh, this morning. Thank you, Brad Henson. Let me get you to stand. All right. Okay, if you were, uh, yes, thank you. If you even, even if you don't call Vintage Home, I want you all to stand. Yep. Now, let me just give a shout out real quick to our interns, our interns this summer. Would you raise your hands real quick? Okay. Now, Megan's already gone back to Georgia, University of Georgia. God love her. Uh, but I would say this. Another thing is this. For those of you who have youth, these are the ones who've invested into your youth this summer. And they have been amazing. They have, they have brought life to vintage like no one else has. And I would ask that you would find them this morning and say, well done, Thank you for your time given to Vintage, okay? Now, if you're sitting around these, would you please place your hands in an appropriate place on their body and uh, let us pray for them as they go back, so make sure you get around people. Thank you. Look in front of you, behind you, yes. Right here in the front. We you have a front row stander? I'm
1: FaceTiming Megan right now. Okay,
0: okay. Yes. Elaine, will you come right here and pray for her, please? Thank you. Because it's family. We love family. We need some non-family to pray for her, too. All right. <clears throat> So I pray, y'all just be praying with me. I pray, Jesus, we thank you for our college students. And we're not just praying for them because we're like, hey, have a great year. We recognize that college campuses are one of the hardest places to follow Jesus in the world because we have students who are expressing in their immaturity, their freedoms, and God, there are temptations that abound. We pray today, God, that you'd give them strength to withstand all temptations. God, that you would raise up the valleys and lower the mountains before them keep their path straight, that you would keep their eyes and help them to keep their eyes focused on Jesus. Father, we pray for them as they are in classes that literally, God, have this agenda against Jesus. And we pray, Father, that that you would put an agenda upon their heart, God, to love God with all of their heart, all of their soul, and all of their mind. And God to give them the grace and the ability to love their neighbors as they love themselves. I pray, Father, that they would walk with you, that they would know you, Father God, that there would be a joy, even in moments of feeling isolated and alone, that they would recognize because you were with them, that they are never alone that's the promise you gave us in the great commission and lo i am i'm with you always to the end of the age that father they would walk in the confidence of the knowledge that you were with them that you were for them that father god they would i pray right now jesus and and god you know my heart when i pray this i'm asking this morning that you would fill them with your holy spirit and with power That, Father, as they go, that they would believe you for amazing things and see incredible fruit in their life and in their ministry. I pray, Father God, that you would place people before them that you've called them to be Jesus to. And I pray, Father God, in this season that they would pray for the sick, that they would share the gospel with the lost who do not know you, Jesus, and that fruit would occur because of your work in them. We're asking great grace upon them in every area of their lives, Jesus. We love them. We pray this in your name. Amen. Amen. All right. Love you guys. All right. Let's dive in this morning before we go into baptisms. Last week, if you were not here, Scott looked at 1 Corinthians chapter 15 and the first 10 verses. If you've read through that, you know it talks about the gospel of Jesus and it talks about his grace poured out. And all we're talking about is, the, and here's this, you are got to hear this. There's one, there's a huge difference between knowing the gospel of Jesus here. There's a huge difference of understanding the gospel in the context of saving you from hell and saving you to go to heaven. And there's something completely alternate and different to that that, Jesus actually meant when he talked about the good news in the gospel of Jesus. I encourage you to listen to Scott's message from last week. Jesus, hear this, Jesus didn't save you to go to heaven. Like you all need to understand that clearly. Jesus didn't save you for heaven. Jesus saved you for relationship today And the empowering of his spirit to do miracles and miraculous things and to fulfill his mission on earth. You all need to hear that. Jesus did not save you from hell and did not save you for heaven. He saved you for relationship today in the fullness of His Spirit of walking in love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, faithfulness, and college students' self-control. He saved you and blessed you, according to Genesis 12, the covenant made with Abram, so that you then would be a blessing to the nations. He blessed you to bless others. He blessed you so that he could empower you to give your life away sacrificially every day. So at the end of the day you go, Jesus, I need rest because I gave everything away. Jesus didn't save you for heaven. Jesus saved you for today. And tomorrow and every day afterwards. Oh, and in time, it will mean you get to spend eternity in heaven with Jesus. This is the gospel. That's the good news. Jesus came. He died. He saved those who believe in him and commit their lives to him. And then he sent his spirit to empower you. And that, my friends, is good news. And so in this This past week, I'm going to actually share a message with you that I shared with a hundred youth, a hundred youth two weeks ago at camp first Presbyterian of Orlando. And I shared this message and I was nervous because these are a bunch of people who have a different theological lens than 99% of you in this room they have a as i sat there the very first night i'm like god i feel this tension god i feel this weight god i'm i feel this like oh like there's something struggling inside like this struggling god I, I don't know what this tension is lord i'm i literally feel overwhelmed I, i'm having a, it's hard for me to consider speaking tonight because so i feel this wall I, I feel this tension i feel this weight god what is this and so we go into worship and, and, and Jesus showed up, guys, and I don't think anybody knew it. I don't mean that in any kind of derogatory sense towards anybody. It was it was this I felt like I was like, oh, Jesus, and was like, he just like flooded me. I'm like, what is it? And he said, this is Steve. There is this war going on for them. This 10 inch war of what they know about the gospel in their head and no heart reality and experience of it. And I felt like God says clear as day, Steve, I want to marry those for them this week. And guys, I in, I'm like in tears and, and worship. But anyways, this whole thing going, so, and I was like, this was a whole week for me. Every time I would go to pray, I would just see this tension, right? Every time I'd go to pray, I would just sense God's movement. Every time I would pray, I'm like, oh God, you want to birth something inside of them. And so we come to the third night. And I read from Ephesians chapter 3, verse 20, you can look at it on the screen. It says, "Now to him who is able to do far more abundantly than all we ask or think, according to the power at work within us, to him be glory in the church, and in Christ Jesus throughout all generations, forever and ever. Amen." And I looked at this, and I was like, "God, I can ask a lot. And I can think about even more. Like you see the words to him who is able to do far more abundantly than all we ask or think. And so this morning, what I want to do is I'm going to share with y'all. I'm just going to share some stories with you. I'm going to share some stories with you that happened in my life that broadened my understanding of the movement of the gospel, that expanded my understanding of the movement of Jesus. It expanded my horizons of what God is able to do. It expanded my horizons to realize I didn't have Jesus all figured out. It broadened my horizons to the point to recognize, God, I want more of you, and I cannot be satisfied and because I begin to see those things on a more regular basis. Jesus, I need to have my horizons broadened. C.S. Lewis says this, and I've said it before, but I quoted this, this that week. This so often it says this, it would seem that our Lord finds our desires not too strong but too weak. Think about it in the context of what I just read, right? It can do more than we ask or think. We are half-hearted creatures fooling around about with drink and sex and ambition when infinite joy is offered us like an ignorant child who wants to go on making mud pies in a slum because he cannot imagine what is meant by the offer of a holiday at the sea. We are far too easily pleased. Think about this in the context of your relationship with Jesus. Think in the context of what you live for in your life. Think about it in the context of what your pursuit is. Like all of you go on journeys every day, right? You go on journeys to the grocery store, you go on journeys to, the, to, to school, you go on journeys running, right? I don't, I don't do that, right? But, but all of you do, right? And when you think about a journey, what do you do? Whether you're driving or you're walking, you're running, you're bicycling, you're always focused right here in front of you, aren't you? You're kind of, when you're running and walking, you're looking down so you don't hit any stumps, fall in any holes. When you're driving, you're looking right in front of you so you don't hit any small animals, right? Some of you are like, I don't care about cats, right? But you should and hit them or somebody's pet, right? And so you have all this going on, this dynamic of these things you're looking for right in front of you. And that's really healthy. in our spiritual lives it is. Jesus says, don't worry about tomorrow it has enough to worry about in and of itself, right? Jesus will take care of these things. So focus right here on the here and now that's really healthy. But I will say this, that whenever, whenever I'm walking, Or running or bicycling or whenever I'm driving my car, I've been looking here, but I'm always every every once in a while, I will look up to the horizon to make sure that I'm going the right direction. Like you all do that. You make sure you, you're like driving, driving, you look up to make sure, Hey, where's the turn? Where's the, where's, where's the light, right? Where's someone I need to be aware of up here in front of me. And so what I realized in our spiritual journey is that so often, very often, we need to do the same thing. Jesus says, set your eyes on the prize and run after it as if to gain it. Run as if you're going to win the prize, right? Set your eyes on the prize. We know the prize is Jesus. It's not rocket science. He's our prize. He's who we're going after. He's what we're aspiring to. And so the idea then... Is yes, you might say I have my gaze set on Jesus, but I wonder what part of Jesus you have your gaze set upon. Like, I wonder if your gaze is mud pies in a slum, because that's just enough, or if you have expectations of holiday at the sea with Jesus. You understand the analogy, right? That God has so much more. And so what I want to do is just tell you some stories, literally just like personal stories of when I was on my journey and God did something and my horizons went, oh, Jesus, and they were broadened. Like when I saw these things, like my aspirations of what I was going after immediately shifted. It wasn't like these things like I've got to have to experience them necessarily. But I now know that you can do more than I've actually experienced before in my life. Jesus, I can't be the same. And my hope in telling these stories is not to condemn you, not to make you feel bad or to, to even like keep you from moving. You're like, oh, I haven't experienced any. Of that. I'm a terrible Christian with condemnation. But go Oh, God, and I will awaken hunger inside of you for things that God can, is able to do, and many times will do. And then we're going to talk about the fact that sometimes when he doesn't. And then what do we do with that? And my own personal stories with that. But I want to tell you stories that literally are these moments of all of a sudden the good news of Jesus, all of a sudden going, oh, and Jesus blew up my box. Like, do you realize you cannot keep God in the box? You're the one hiding in a box, my friends. And so let's blow some box suds up this morning. Mine begins with a guy. A lot of you have heard me tell, tell stories about Rick Bonfim. He's a short little uh, uh, Brazilian man who lives half of his life in Brazil and half of his life in Athens, Georgia. God bless him, right? And he lives literally half his time, and he just goes and he preaches. He's an evangelist. And so, so is Elizabeth Kostick here this morning? Sinner. And so Elizabeth... Elizabeth and I were actually, Elizabeth Don Diego, we were on this trip together, right? We were actually going to Brazil in 1997, and we're going to go with Rick, and I'm 22 years old, I think at the time, 21, I can't remember exactly, and we're going, and, and I'd heard these stories about Rick, and I'm like, God, I want to go and hear, see what's going on, and see these things that are happening in his ministry, so one day we go down, and we're literally in a small, this small room, probably about 20 by 20 room, and he just says, you begin to pray. God wants to minister to some of you. We're like, oh, he's like, just start praying. Three tongues, three tongues. We're like, oh, okay. We're like, what do you mean, right? So we're like, just we're doing our thing, right? We're praying. We're like, what's gonna happen, right? Kind of like that nervous, like, oh, you know. But everyone's like, but maybe gonna pray for me, right? So he's walking around in a circle, kind of walking around, doing like this, looking at people, and then he just locks eyes, locks eyes on Shane, somebody I know, somebody I don't. he be like, that's awkward. He's looking at me. He's like, just looks at this girl. And he goes, hmm. What happened to you when you were twelve years old? And she began to weep, and I went, oh. And he's like just and he just just begin to pray, and so we're like, and she, we're not talking like oh, oh, we're talking like buckets of tears, buckets of snot. Coming out, right? And some of the girls are like, I mean, they're in a sorority. They are like holding hair, right? They know what to do, right? They're sitting here holding her like, that's okay, right? And we're just praying for her. And we're like, Jesus, we have no idea what's going on. Hope she's not dying, Jesus, <laughs> right? Bless her, right? Start praying, praying, praying. And all of a sudden, she just begins to come down. She's like coming down from crying, right? And all of a sudden, there's like this, this peace that overtakes her. we're like, Jesus, what are you doing? And so we're going to do our prayer time and we get done and she's over here. And just kind of literally laying out on the floor, like completely out in the spirit. Like Jesus is just hovering over her as he hovered over the waters, basically right in creation, just hovering over her and just blessing her. Right. So later we go. So what happened? (laughs) Right. She's like, guys, I was sitting there. And she said, I was. Like, we were just praying, and I just felt like this block. And and all of a sudden, she goes, I just knew was this was block. I'm like, God, what is this? And it took me you when know, I was 12 years old, and there was this massive life-altering event in her that created unforgiveness that she didn't even realize. And when he named that, it was like the dam broke in her life, and he set her free. So we get done with the trip, and I looked at him. I said, Rick. What can I do to come spend time with you? He said, you give me this amount of money to pay for your airline ticket, and you can come travel with me for the summer. I pulled my checkbook out and wrote him a check for 1200 bucks as a 21-year-old. It was my college money. I did not care. My parents didn't either. And I went and spent the month with him in Brazil. And while we were there one night, he looked at me like we were driving. Not, not one night. One afternoon we were driving. I know we were going. And we're in this van. <clears throat> and he looked at me and goes, Steve, why are you here in Brazil? And I'm like, because of Jesus, right? Sunday school answer. I'm like, oh. He's like, I'll tell you why you're here. You want what I have. And I did. Scripture says, Paul says three times in Scripture, imitate me be imitators Of me. Imitate me as I imitate Christ. And I looked at him and said, I want what he had. I I didn't want him, right? I didn't want like his his earthly. I wanted Jesus. I wanted this part about him that looked like the things I had read in the New Testament. I wanted to to see this movement of God's spirit like he was experiencing on on an everyday basis, right? I wanted to be able to to look at these people and not with like in pride and selfishness and and the glorification of stuff. I wanted to be able to minister with power. I wanted to be able to say, What happened to I want him to lay hands on those who are demon possessed and then shriek in fear because he would say, Steve, when my feet touch the ground in the morning, the demons in hell tremble because they know a man of God just got out of bed. I'm like, I want that. I want it. I want the demons to fear me, not fear me. I want them to see Jesus so clearly in me that when I, like when I go to pray for someone, like the seven sons of Sceva, they don't say, Jesus I know and Peter we've heard of, who the hell are you? It's what they said. I don't want them to say that about Steve Hambrick. And I'm sitting there in the moment going, Jesus! And he said, "You want what I have?" I'm like, "Yes, I want the Jesus." My horizons were broadened. There was this thing about Jesus I did not know existed, and now I did, and I wouldn't be satisfied with anything less than. There's the story: we went to Mozambique, I don't know, a little over ten years ago, to Iris Ministries. There's a couple there by the name of um, Steve and Sally. They were from Great Britain. They'd been there for a season. We get there and we're talking to them and asking stories about what's going on. The story came out of how <clears throat> this about a three days walk from there north, this Muslim woman, her um, infant small child had just had just died out of the blue. Like wake up one morning, the child was dead. And someone looked at her and said, there is a place Down here in southern Mozambique Where they worship a God Who raises people from the dead And so she took her baby And wrapped it around her Shawl around her And walked for three days She got there and said Is this the place that believes That God raises people from the dead You believe in a God who raises people from the dead they said Yes, yes we are She undid her shawl And laid her baby down right there on the table There you go. And so they prayed. And God raised this child from the dead. Second miracle of the moment, she gave her life to Jesus in the moment. Now listen, does Jesus always raise people from the dead? No. Did you raise my own mom from the dead when she died? No. Do I have to wrestle through that? Yes. But can God? And does God sometimes, and in this moment, the answer was an absolute yes. And so I went, Jesus, I've never seen that. I've never experienced that. That's not my own story even, but I believe that you can because I worship a God who raised his own son from the dead. And so in this moment, I go, Jesus, what do I do with that? What do I do with that? It broadened my horizons. Did it offend me? Was it a struggle? Was it overwhelming? I don't know what to do with that. Yes. But it broadened my horizons to the reality of a God who knows no bounds, who can do much more than we ever ask or even can think. What about my Tom Tanner told a story when I was at the University of Georgia. Some of you may have been there who were there part of Wesley. And it was taken, I didn't know at the time, but it was taken from Jack Deere in his book called Surprise by the Power of the Spirit. It tells a story, that I think I've told it before, but this Tanzanian pastor, remember, who was in this church that had no walls in it, right? One of the, it's like, a, it's like all the churches in Africa and out in the bush and out in this village and preaching, preaching, doing the thing. And all of a sudden they hear like a ruckus off in the village just down the street. And they look all across the field and they look and and, and there's this lioness just Wreaking havoc running through the village. And everyone's freaking out, obviously. If a lion starts running through vintage, we all start freaking out, right? Start freaking out, and they look, and uh, all of a sudden, the lioness sees them and makes a beeline and starts running towards them. And they started going, oh, and the pastor said, the same God who is with Daniel in the lion's den is with us today. He stood up. He pointed his finger and said, in Jesus' name, I rebuke you. Lightning fell from heaven, hit the lion and killed it on the spot. What do we do with this? I heard that story as a 19, 20-year-old kid going, Jesus. I don't know what to do with that. And this is overwhelming. But Jesus, you're moving. And it broadened my horizons and my prayer time and prayer life expectations of what God can do. It's the gospel of Jesus. It's the good news of what he is and can do. Kiran, oldest boy in India, I've told this story before. Watched when he was a young boy, he and his brother Arun watched their dad kill their mom, and then watched as the police killed their dad. They went off into a government house, housing, government home orphanage. When he got into it on the 13, 14, I can't remember the exact age, <clears throat> he all of a sudden had flashbacks to sexual abuse that he experienced in the governmental home like atrocities, this things that he said, told Tammy, he says, I felt like my insides were being ripped out. It hurt so bad. You know what I'm talking about? Like this, just like, just like my insides, I felt like I was going to die. And so Tammy emailed a, a bunch of us and just said, please pray. I don't know what to do. This is what's happened. I've never experienced this. Please pray. We need to know what to do, right? We're like, and I remember sitting in Orlando, sitting at my, at our computer, and I'm like, I felt the weight of it. right? like, oh, oh, I don't know what to do. And like, I started praying Jesus. Pray for grace. Pray for wisdom. Blah, blah, blah. 24 hours later, we get, a, we get another email. Tammy says, you're not going to believe this. She said, breakfast this morning. Kiden comes down. We're serving breakfast to them, putting food on their plate. They're going through. And I look at Kiden and said, how are you? This morning goes, I'm fine. He's like, she's like, no, no, no. Seriously, he goes, "No, I'm, I'm good. Thank you, I'm good, fine. Literally, I'm fine." He like goes up and eats. Just like. so after she eats, brings him back in and sits him down and says, "Okay, seriously, what's going on?" He goes, "Oh no, no problem. Jesus, Jesus healed me." She's like, "What are you talking about?" Like, talk to me, he goes, "Last night I sat on my bed, felt like my insides were being ripped out. The door opened, Jesus walked in, sat next to me, put his hand on my heart, prayed for me." And restored me Like he is now a church planter In an unreached people group in India Oh by the way the Unreached people group is the tribe that he came from That's amazing guys Kinnan's a good friend of several of us in this room We love Kinnan <clears throat> Does God always do that? No did you do it for kidding? Yes. It broadened my horizons. Like, Jesus, forgive me for limiting the things that you can do. Forgive me for not praying in faith that you are the great healer. God, awaken me to the good news that you've set people free and you bring healing and restoration. The last one for me was camp last week for me with my first pres kids. Guys, I preached this message. I was nervous. I mean, literally, I was nervous going in. I'm like... Like I like had to qualify in the guys, listen, like this may not be your experience, right? And, and I'm sure you believe in this theologically, right? but we're going to do it anyway. We're going to go into this. And all of a sudden, you know what happened? I get done and God's spirit descended upon this group. Will just said we're going to begin to worship i to invite our leaders to come forward we're going to have a time of ministry if you want prayer tonight for healing if you want prayer tonight for salvation we want you to come forward we would love to pray for you And kids are just going after jesus and i'm like oh god forgive me for limiting for me limiting of what you can do in our midst in 13 kids out of 100 gave their lives to jesus light kids going around like shaking like this and who are laying hands on all their friends and friends and praying for a breakthrough and like, I don't know what's going on, but I just have to pray for people, right? Like it's called Jesus, right? It's called connecting what you know. It's with your heart here, right? God began to move in the testimonies afterwards of just these kids saying, I don't know what happened, but I just, I, mean, I just recognize I needed to move from a sin consciousness to a, to a God consciousness because of his love and his He just loves me. And I'm like, oh, God, you're so good. Forgive me. Even last week, I'm just there going, God, you've broadened my horizons. Forgive me for limiting you. Like I was driving last week on my journey to Jesus. And God went, look up. I looked up, and he did something I didn't expect, and I was undone, and I had to ask forgiveness for not believing for greater things, and he broadened my horizons. Like it impacted the way that I view ministering here at Vintage. We're not going to be stuck in a box. God hates boxes. I hate boxes. I'm claustrophobic. I don't want them. I don't want you to have them. For some of us, and this is the hard part, it'll mean pressing through our pain and suffering of unanswered prayer, unmet expectations of God. But we believe him today and tomorrow for greater things when he didn't move in important things yesterday. That's why it's beautiful, the context of Paul's writing. When in verse 13, you can see on the screen, it says this, so I ask you. Speaking to these Ephesians, I ask you not to lose heart over what I am suffering for you. He's talking about these great things that God can do. He's talking about even more than we can ever dream or imagine. And he's imprisoned. And like, he's not sitting in some like wood chair with a nice candle burning with some chains around his ankles. He's literally sitting in a, a prison which one historian describes as disgusting and vile by reason of the filth, the darkness and the stench. This was not beautiful. This is overwhelming, right? He had been faithful to God and it led to prison. This is the prison. This is the prison you went to. Before you were crucified He's saying I'm, I'm suffering Right now But we pray to a God Who can do even greater things we ever dream or imagine Listen When I'm sitting there And my mom died I told you the story It's like I look at my dad And say what do we do with Jesus now And I am Insides are being ripped out. And my dad says I, Where else do we have to go The part that we have to recognize in knowing Jesus and the part we have to get to in the context of believing God for greater things in the midst of what he has not answered in the past. We said early we will not be like this idea of what Tammy's friends in Sri Lanka when her husband died three months after they had brought their entire family to the mission field. And she looked at her children on their way to the hospital and says, Listen, God is good. He is for us. We will trust Him, and we will not be offended. God is good. He is for us. We will trust Him. We will not be offended. Why do you think we're doing emotionally healthy spirituality? Because we live in a church full of people who are dealing with unmet expectations. They're dealing with unanswered prayers of when God let them down years ago. They're dealing with things that they've experienced at the hands of others, terrible atrocities that literally keep them from trusting people and trusting God. And so we're engaging this study. Do we think this study is going to fix everything? Absolutely not. But do we begin to open up some doors because I would say there's so many of you who don't even realize you're afraid to pray that you're afraid to go to Jesus because he seemingly didn't come through in your darkest hour. And we have to dive into the pain. And the place we have to get to is that. Even though he didn't come through like I expected, he is good, he is for us, we will trust him, we will not be offended. See, God did these great things that I said, but there are also moments when God didn't do things. Like Tammy will talk about miracles of children being returned to them, miracles, and then she'll tell you stories of children who were taken from their home, never to be really seen again. One of them being Ashwini, who was my favorite back in the day, years ago. Tanya remembers Ashwini. He's probably the only one in here knows Ashwini. God didn't come through as they expected. What do we do in those moments? You see, today we have to be honest. How big is your horizon regarding God? Do you know your destination? Are you believing God for bigger things? Are there obstacles in your way that you need to deal with? A quote I want to leave you with this morning, before we go into baptism, is this: "It's not normal." This is from Bill. What's his name? Bill Johnson it says it's not normal for a Christian to have an appetite for the impossible. It's completely abnormal. It's a deformity that comes through disappointment. I'll add, my expectation on entered prayer, and honestly, under bad teaching. So, in your journey, if you're honest, what's your horizon? What do you live for every day? What are you believing God for? What are the obstacles keeping you from dreaming bigger things, from praying bigger prayers? Are you willing to pray for large things, knowing that God may not answer in the way that you expect Him to? And how are you going to handle that? Are you still going to believe He's good, that He's for you, and that you will not be offended come hell or high water? Like you all recognize. How easily offended all of your neighbors are, right? Not you. We're all easily offended. We're all easily struggled. We're all immature. We all have our moments to stop and to be honest with Jesus and honest with ourselves. We all have to awaken and recognize and hear this and I'll be done. Are your experiences and unmet expectations... Defining your prayer life And what you're believing God for Or is scripture And the stories of Jesus' movement And what he's capable of doing Is that defining what you're going after A simple prayer That I'm just going to ask you to pray This week and It's, it's just simply this God lift my head To see Jesus and broaden my horizons God I'm asking that you would lift my head this week to see Jesus in this journey and that you would broaden my horizons. And let him bring healing. Let him bring restoration. If you're angry at me this morning for sharing these things, recognize you're not angry with me. You're actually angry with God because he didn't move the way you expect him to move. And we have to go deal with that. This morning, we're going to celebrate baptism. Baptism is one of the greatest pictures of this miracle that Jesus does of restoration and of healing, right? The good news that that we were once spiritually dead. God wooed us, convicted us of our sin. We were awakened to it and then we repented and said, God, I'm sorry, I give my life to you. And then he takes us from death. And into new life. He goes from from brokenness to healing, right? He goes from separation to complete intertwinedness. It's not a word, but I'm making it up. Intertwinedness with Jesus. And we celebrate. And so this morning, dude, we're about to celebrate Jesus. But that's right. We're to celebrate this miracle of going from death into a new life. We're going to celebrate this work of Jesus in salvation. We're going to express the good news of what he does. And this is a moment of joy. This is a moment of celebration. This is a moment of the newness of what God can do because it's what God does. These aren't people are being saved from hell and saved for heaven. They're being saved for yesterday. They're being saved for a life lived for God today. And they're being saved for miraculous life for tomorrow. They're going to see God's kingdom come in them. They're going to see God's kingdom come through them as they believe God for things they didn't even realize that he could do. Because God can do much more than they can ever think or they can ever pray for. And so as we come today, we're not going, oh, it's so great baptisms. Oh, let me get my tears on. This is going to be fun. No, this is a celebration of the powerful act of the cross of Jesus of taking those who are separated. The miracle of separation to unity. The separation from God. And now I'm intertwined with the living God who saved all of creation and humanity from from hell. And then he says to them, Oh, now, as you come up by the water, my spirit's going to descend. It's already on you, but my spirit's going to move. We're going to pray that he would descend in power and you would do miraculous things. And when God doesn't move the way that you expect them baptizees, because he's not sometimes, and terrible things are going to happen, and we're going to suffer greatly. We will not be offended because God is good. Even in the midst of sin, God is for us. And we will not be offended. as we come today, we're praying. We're praying for this heart that goes deep with Jesus so that when the storms come, because we live in a world of storms, that they, will not, they may sway, they will not fall. We're going to invite Timothy. Timothy's going to lead our, our baptism time this morning. So you can get that microphone to him, whoever, Randall, if you have that. These are, uh, those who are getting baptized, why don't you all go ahead and come, and then Timothy's going to do his thing this
1: morning. Morning. How y'all doing? Good? You want to shake it out real quick before we really get going? Any think we need it? Maybe do a little Zumba class or something? All right. Here's what we need to do. Yeah. This is. So, just so y'all know, well, let me go ahead and preface with this. So, beginning, at beginning of July, we did what we normally do. We had this big youth camp, right? And uh, at the end, we always invite people who have had these, like, super significant moments with the Lord to say, hey, we feel like if you feel baptism is an appropriate step, you're welcome to come do that. And so, these four right here Garrett, Abigail, Gabby, Aaron said, Hey, we think this is for us. Um, and so we're going to move through this. We got some, some things to ask them. But so as Steve said, one thing that I want us to be thoroughly convinced of is that there are real serious things and there are real celebratory things that go on in the kingdom of god and c.s lewis who we heard that quote from earlier he says that joy is the serious business of heaven right and and a guy named uh tony campolo says that the kingdom of god is like a party and so right now like this is probably as close as we can get to tasting some of the kingdom of god stuff on this earth and so this is a moment where you can celebrate for people you don't know like they're your family Right, so I want you to think about if this was your brother or sister or your kid up here, and be like, "Man, this is an amazing moment." So we're just gonna kind of come together as a family and be real pumped for all these folks. Okay, is that good? Can we do that? All right, cool. So like, if you, yeah, if you wanna clap, if you're emotive and expressive, that's fine. If you're not, I'll be emotive and expressive for you. Um, so here's the deal: I'm gonna ask them some questions, and then we're gonna move through some stuff individually with their family coming up here. All right, y'all ready? Y'all feeling good? Y'all nervous a little bit? Yeah, are you nervous? You're nervous? 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 Okay. All right, so I'm going to ask you, this, ask you these questions, and you respond how you feel, okay? All right. Do you believe in God, the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth? Good job. Y'all are one. One for one. Do you believe in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord? Who was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, dead and buried, who rose again on the third day and ascended to the right hand of God, from which he will come again to judge the living and the dead. do you believe in the Holy Spirit? Awesome. That's good. All right, so Garrett, you're first. You want to go first? You good? All right, so here's what we're going to have you do. If y'all could just... Yeah, can y'all go right there where, where Brian and Eliana are clearing y'all some room Alright, so here's the deal We're going to go one by one I'm going to pull these up here for you, man um, So if you came with Garrett Y'all come up Y'all can get up here Y'all don't have to worry about stuff Y'all just come We're going to gather around Garrett So Garrett, here's what we'll get you to do I want you to climb in this thing right here, okay? And uh, let's do a seat Let's see if you can do it in there, see. So Greg, zip in there Cold? Okay, cool. You want to go on the knees and I'll take you back, or you want to sit down? Just sit down. Just sit down. Well, I got gotcha. you. All right. So this. Oh, yeah, baby. So, by the way, this is a horse trough. We keep it real here, okay? Don't let these black tablecloths fool you. This is from Tractor Supply. All right? All right, so these are Garrett's friends and family coming here to support him. So, Garrett, why you want to get baptized, man? Uh, well, I'll just take in... Just large steps towards God this just summer, and I just feel like I should let everybody know that I love Him. There you go. That's awesome. That's good. So one thing that we started doing at Vintage is we look at when Jesus was baptized, and when He uh, received baptism from John the Baptist, a voice from heaven came saying, This is my son. I love him, he brings me great joy So there are these words of affirmation That come from him And out of their probably emotional state The, the spells have has said Hey Timothy, you go ahead You do the words of affirmation so I'm going to say something to Garrett And then we're going to pray for him And then we're going to dunk him Okay. So Garrett, I love you bud I'm proud of you um, One thing that I really love about this Is that this is for real Like you didn't do this because anybody's making you do it. You did it because you feel like it's the Lord. And I respect that so much. And I look at you and I see someone who is utterly sincere, who is true, and who has the ability to be something for other people that not many people can. And so I feel like what the Lord is saying to you this morning is take those things and don't hold back. Be a friend for people who don't have friends like you. Be a leader for people who will look at you and trust you. Don't doubt what God has put in you because he's put it in there and it's good. Cool? All right, I love you, buddy. So if y'all want to put your hands on Garrett, we're going to pray for him real quick. So Jesus, we love Garrett and we know you love him too. We pray. That as he takes this step, you would bless him, that he would experience your goodness. He would know your presence. He would feel your pleasure over him. And I pray right now as he goes under and comes back up, that you would meet him with spiritual power and he would feel literally, genuinely branded in Jesus name. Amen. Abigail's friends and family, y'all can go ahead and come up. The Dowd plan. I mean, I'm probably gonna get you to go on your knees, okay? Because that's a little bit deeper than I thought. Sorry. Everybody, this is Abigail. Say hey, Abigail. So, Abigail, why do you want to get baptized?
2: Well, over this summer, I got I became really close to God, and I just want to like show it because I just I love him and I just want everyone to know.
1: That is awesome. That's so good. So, Abby, I've known you for what two, three years now, three, um, and I have always seen someone who is not just nice, not just good for other people to be around, but has an ability to make other people feel loved and special, right? Like, and that's not that's not. Common. The other thing is I see someone who has a deep inner sense of what they want and what they know. Like I know that this ju- this has been a journey for you. This is what just wasn't just like, a, hey, I'm gonna do this thing. Like I know that you were following this, you were talking about it with your mom and dad. Like this is something for you that is actually real. And I, I think the Lord, like one thing I feel like the Lord is saying is, Abby, follow that. Follow what you know to be good and true. Follow the things that God is saying to you. Trust that voice that says, Abby, this is the way that I have for you. Walk in it and you will not be disappointed because he has made you in such a way that not only are you incredible and special and sweet and fun, but you have the ability to make other people sense the way, like a piece of how God feels about them, and that is uncommon. So follow that, okay? Awesome. Jesus, we love Abby. We love her so much. We pray that as she takes this step, we pray that as Abigail moves forward in her love for you, that you would meet her with love in return. That you would be there to guide her. You would be there to hold her. You would be there to comfort her. You would be there to show her where to go and when to go and how to go. And that God, many people would be blessed because of what you do in and through Abigail Dowd. So right now, Lord, we commit her to you. We say, here is her, here is where she's going. Take it and use it as much as you can. In Jesus' name, amen. Tega, and so even though you weren't first you're not last okay she's wearing a ricky bobby shirt that says if you're not first you're last so gabby as you're as you're taking a seat in that super warm horse trough of water i want you to tell everybody why you want to get baptized
2: Really amazing things happen with God over the summer, and I just went up with it. <laughs> so good.
1: So, Gabby, I know, right? They asked me to speak because they thought I could make it through it. <laughs> um, so, Gabby, from the first time I met you a- a- until this exact moment right now, you were fearless. Like, you are all go all the time with everyone for everything. and It is utterly amazing and inspiring. And so as you move forward, embrace that in every aspect of your life. Because it's an amazing, special, unique gift Never blend in Never be the same as the people around you Because it just doesn't fit, it's not you Be fearless in every relationship Be fearless in every step Be fearless in every path the Lord takes you on Because it's who you're made to be And if you shrink back, you're not being true to who you are Because you were made to step out You were made to stand out Okay? Alright Let's pray for Ortegas Jesus, we love Gabby We love the way you've made her. We love everything about her. We love what she does for us. We love the things that you have done for her. So we pray right now as she goes into this water that you would meet her with spiritual power. That you would give her something that she couldn't even plan on or expect. That there would be a new deposit made in her heart and life that changes everything for her. So we pray this morning in Jesus' name that you would meet her. In Jesus' name. Amen. Aaron Hobbs. If you're part of the Hobbs clan, you can come up. Is Megan there? Hey, Megan. Megan is, was an intern, Aaron's sister, and she's at UGA right now. She's skipping a sorority meeting for this, so big deal. Um, you want to tell everybody why you want to get baptized?
2: I just feel like this summer, God has lit a fire inside of me, and I just feel like he's completely changed me for the better, and that's something that I just want everyone to know. It's good.
1: Um, so, Aaron, um, you were a lot of things. You were fun. You were funny. You were smart. You were just an amazing person to be around. Um, and I also know that sometimes... It can be difficult to be that person, right? And I feel like what the Lord is saying to you is you can do it. He's given you everything you need to be the person you feel like you should be. And that person is someone that will give life to everybody around you. It will make you feel like... This is it. This is for me. And you'll never have to worry. You'll never have to doubt. You'll never have to feel that stuff. And it's for you, and you can do it. It's like the Lord is saying, like, he's given you everything you need, and you don't have to be afraid. So go. Go for it. Okay, Aaron? All right. I'm going to pray for you. Jesus, thank you for Aaron. Thank you for where she is. Thank you for who she is. I thank you that you met her this summer. And I pray in this moment she would know that every moment, every encounter, every inch gained with you is for real and it's for her. So I pray right now, God, you would take all these things and cement them in her heart. And and she would be ready for you to take her to a whole new place starting now. So, Jesus, we pray as she comes up out of this water, that she would come up and into the things that you have for her in a new and powerful way. We love her, and we love you, Jesus. Amen.
0: Of baptisms. Um, so here's how we're going to do this morning. I know it's real late and I even, we have to get our kids, but I want us to uh, just to end with a celebratory song and then go ahead and invite all of you to, to stand. We're going to sing this chorus a couple of times and don't want you to forget this morning, obviously, if they're ministry, ministry teams will be available. They're going to stay in here. And so if you just stay to the end, you can do that. So ministry teams, you can go ahead and come. Our offering baskets are here in the back and our um, giving kiosks is outside on the left. And so if you came this morning uh, ready to give your tithe and offering, obviously you can do that. But this morning, we want to celebrate that God is good, that he separates waters in our lives, that He moves in power, that He is a good Father, that He is kind and loving. He takes us from death to life. And that He is a God who wants to broaden our horizons. And so as we sing this song, we're going to, as soon as we get done, Harvard's going to say, have a great day. Y'all can go. If you want to stay in worship, you can if you need ministry. I do want to ask if you're here ready to, if you're willing to stay and to say a few words for Connor's video, if you can do that back here in the back. So please don't leave. If you have time to do that, would be great. But we want to celebrate God today. The work that he's done and the work that he's doing today and the work that he will do for eternity. So let's sing this morning in worship.